Hey everybody, welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk Podcast. I'm Dan Lobby. I'm Mary Kay Cabot. And I'm Scott Datsko. And this was the Orange and Brown scrimmage today here at First Energy Stadium. That's where we are. We are sitting in a uh, one of the radio booths here, so it's a little echoey, but uh, we're going to knock this podcast out for you here on a Saturday night um, in downtown Cleveland for the first time this football season. So uh, let's get to it. Six topics. Um, we're going to run through uh, all of those. Mary Kay, you had an extra point for us yesterday, but I don't know if we're going to have one of those today. Um, who are we up to? Who's going first? Is it me? Is it Mary Kay? Is it you, Scott? I think it's me. We should have figured this out before I hit record, no, but we're going to go. No, you went first yesterday. Okay, so Mary Kay, you're up. Because I think you went with Odell, didn't you? I did. All right. Was that first? Let's flip a coin. <laughs> no country for old men here. All right, Mary Kay, you go first. All right, I want to go with Miles Garrett. I'm in the middle of writing a Miles Garrett story right now. Uh, I asked him today, are you leaner? You just look leaner. And he said, yeah, he dropped 10 pounds. And that's why he looks like he's been shot out of a cannon on almost, almost every single play that we've seen him in camp this summer. So he's lean, mean, he's down to 262 which is one of the, it's the lightest that he's ever played in the NFL. He says he hasn't lost any explosiveness, and this explains it. I feel like he's got a little more edge to him this year, too. Um, you know, the, the stuff you mentioned, kind of just looking at him, I, I know we've commented to it just sort of watching practice. Like, he looks, I hate to say skinnier, because he doesn't look skinny. He's still ripped, and he was walking around the field house with his shirt off on uh, whatever Friday, I guess, was the last day we were out in Berea. Um, and he looks like the Miles Garrett that we know, but he just does look leaner like you said that's the word and, and today saying that he uh he put down some weight but he also seems a lot more confident he's always been confident but this year he's talking really big he was number 49 in the top 100 he said he never wants to be that low again uh next time he is that low it's probably gonna be time to hang him up he's talking about defensive player of the year that's not the first time he said that but you know he's, he's really talking about it now um, he seems really confident in what he's going to be able to do this year. Does this qualify as the cliche off-season diet story that we talked about oh, yeah. in the earlier podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah. It has been confirmed <laughs> that we got our story. And who knew it was going to be Miles Garrett? Yeah, yeah. I think this is it, Scott. Yeah, he does, I mean, he does, he, he looks, uh, it, we've talked about him all camp. You know, he's had a great camp. He looks great coming off the ball. And you're right about him being confident and just, he, he seems to be able to do whatever he wants at camp, you know. Sometimes he kind of wanders over to the punter, grabs a ball, and punts it. Sometimes he's uh, he's running through and high-fiving the fans, and, and then he'll come back and he'll, you know, sack Baker Mayfield. So it's been a good camp, and now we kind of maybe have a piece of the puzzle as to, as to why it's maybe better than what we've seen. He's, he's doing everything he can except hit the quarterback because he's yeah. not allowed to hit the quarterback. Right. So it's going to be real interesting on Thursday when he gets his first crack at uh, who's Washington even starting? Is it going to be Dwayne Haskins or Colt McCoy or I, I don't know. I'll have to get up to speed on that, but it'll be uh, he'll get a chance to to hit one of those guys at, at some point. Um, topic number two, I'm going to go with um, something I kind of went with on our our stand up video that you're going to be able to find at, at Cleveland.com/slash/Browns and on our YouTube channel. Um, I, I just thought today was kind of the first day, even though we've seen these guys, fans have been out to training camp. There were 37,000 people here tonight, and there were 37,000 people here because of Baker Mayfield and because of Odell Beckham Jr., and this was kind of the first night that we got to see the fans really respond to them and and embrace them, and, uh, you know, even though it was sort of, uh, look, it was a practice. It wasn't anything special out there. Uh, It was just a practice like we see every day, but you could just... 
the vibe was a little different. Uh, you know, the first play goes to Odell, and the PA guy says his name, and the, and the place explodes. Uh, Baker Mayfield did his little uh, in-the-air-tonight drum thing while he was stretching. They showed it on the board. I was actually walking out of the tunnel right when they showed it, and you could hear the, the crowd just erupted. Like, the love affair that this city wants to have with this team, and especially those two players, was really evident tonight, um, even on a night that wasn't real I don't know if I would have been here. I don't know that it was, I would qualify it as real exciting if I was here as a fan. Uh, maybe that's just me being a, a jaded media member. I don't know. But, but they really seem to embrace those two guys no matter what was going on on the field. Well, you know what? I, I agree with you that the fans were really, really into it. I really wish there would have been a little bit more of a show on the field for them. I think if you're going to bring 37,000 people <laughs> down here, you know, have a little bit more fun uh, with, you know, do a little bit more team, a little bit more two-minute drill. It almost was a little bit too much like some of the more boring practices that we watch. But Freddie promised that's what he was going to do. He said, we're not going down there to put on a show. We're going down there to get some work in. So, you know, he's sticking to the script. But I don't know. I think I might have done it a little differently. Yeah, I think if I came down as a fan and I had been going to training camp, I'd be like, okay, well, this is what I saw for free. <laughs> and I know the money went to a good cause uh, for the tickets for this. But, uh, but yeah, it was basically the Orange and Brown practice. Um, but the thing about the crowd, you know, the, the entire upper ring of seats were pretty much empty. And it was still loud. You know, Dan, me and you were on the field uh, for, for most of this. And... Uh, you know, when, when, when a good play happened, you could just, you know, you heard it. And when Odell did anything, you heard it. And I uh, can't imagine what it's going to be like when this place is filled mm-hmm. and, and, you know, good things are happening. Yep. And, uh, you know, Mary Kay, you and I went to a press conference beforehand where they were announcing their get-to-school program. And there were a bunch of kids there, and uh, Jim Donovan got him doing the dog bark or whatever. Got him doing the dog bark. And in the past, it's sort of been, like, half-hearted, like, okay, these kids aren't real excited, but... Even that group of kids was really excited, and you could tell they were really excited about having some real star power on this team. All right, topic number three, Scott. All right, uh, let's talk about Mac Wilson again, because uh, for the second day in a row, he's uh, made some plays. On uh, Friday, it was kind of a diving interception of, I think it was Garrett Gilbert. Um, might have been Stanton. Yeah, it was Stanton. But he kind of got up and then he returned it um, for a touchdown in uh, team drills. And uh, today, he got a tipped pass from, uh, it was... It's hard to tell if Taki-Taki got his hand on it. Uh, I, I, it was a kind of hit Farrell Brown's face mask, and Taki-Taki was right there. Bounced up in the air, and, and Wilson got it. I think he also batted a, a pass away earlier. So he's making plays. Um, Taki-Taki was making a couple of plays today. So these, these rookie linebackers are kind of staying in the mix. They don't, I think I, I asked this before, like how much we might see them. It seems like we have the feeling that we're going to see more of Taki-Taki than Wilson. Absolutely. You know what? I mean, those two guys are active, relentless, disruptive, getting turnovers. You notice them every time they're out there. Now, again, they're working with the second team, but they're doing exactly what the defensive coaches want and why John Dorsey drafted them to be relentless, gritty, and and just very tough and nasty and competitive. And and you're seeing them. But I think it's also bringing up the... um, you know, the level of play of the other linebackers, too. I think it's really driving the competition. Yeah, I mean, Joe Schobert has actually had a really good camp. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we, we talk a lot about the rookie linebackers, but, you know, Joe Schobert's a guy that's out there forcing turnovers. You know, the other day there was a, he had the bugaboo missed tackle on Jarvis Landry. He got juked, but he came up from behind and knocked the ball loose. Um, those are the sorts of plays that Joe Schobert can make. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about, totally randomly, thinking about Jamie Collins. And, and last year, 
I think we all kind of sensed that Jamie Collins probably wasn't going to be here through this, you know, once the season was over. But the Browns kind of gritted their teeth and ran him out there because they had to. I, I think we're going to see Joe Schobert and Christian Kirksey a lot this season still. And then there might be some resolution to kind of that log jam once the season ends. I don't know for sure. Maybe they really love those two guys and what they do in this defense, and, and they stick around for a long time. But, uh, you know, Christian Kirksey's contract is a little more palatable to move on from after this season. Joe Schobert's a free agent. So I don't know how much we'll see Mac Wilson and Talkie Talkie this year, uh, but those guys are certainly making a case to get on the field and then maybe – you know, really push one of the veterans after the season when the Browns have some decisions to make. And I'm sure Steve Wilkes enjoyed seeing Taki Taki right in Farrell Brown's face on that tip that became an interception because he hasn't been great in coverage in camp. That's one thing that he seems to kind of – that's the area he needs to improve on the mm-hmm. most, you know, and, and I'm sure that was a good thing for them to see. All right, topic number four is Mary Kay's. You know, I'm going to go with Freddie Kitchen's Uh, working the ones versus the ones. I think that's been very important in camp, and we saw that again here today. You saw Baker Mayfield uh, with Miles Garrett in his face a couple of times, and obviously he can't hit the quarterback, but you you see Greg Robinson trying to hold off a Miles Garrett. You see the best offensive players going against the best defensive players, and I've always wondered in previous camps why they don't do more of that. Uh, But... You know, this offense is going up against what looks to be a very, very good defense. And that's good. You don't want those guys going up against the second teamers and thinking uh, that they're better than they really are. They're giving each other hell out there when you see the first team working against the first team. And I think it's just going to make everybody better. I think, like, the thing about Freddie Kitchens is if I were to ask you, Camp like what Camp Kitchens is. I think he's very clearly left his mark on this camp. That's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. The physicality, the pads. There, were, I don't think there was any tackling to the ground today, even during that third and one run period. Uh, but they were still yeah, in purpose. pads and they were still out there hitting. Um, you know, he's keeping them. I think they're going to be in pads every day. They can have them in pads. You know, maybe the next time they aren't is going to be the day after the game on Thursday when they practice on Friday. Um, it, you know, we kind of know what what. Freddie Kitchen's camp is going to look like going into next year. We're probably going to have a pretty good idea of what to expect. Um, the, the guy has kind of told us what he's going to do, and he's done it. I'm with you, Mary Kay. We've come to some of these scrimmages before that mm-hmm. have been more scrimmage-like, and it's been the first team going against the second team. Mm-hmm. And then they flip it. The second team defense gets to go with the, against the first team offense. And, and I'm with you. I've always kind of wondered, why aren't you putting the ones against the ones? These are the guys they're going to face when they go out there in the preseason, and then more importantly, when they go out there in the regular season. You know, we saw the ones versus the ones, but that frontline defense today, I was telling you, Dan, earlier, that it was kind of like the mm-hmm. 2018 uh, frontline defense because you did not have Richardson, <laughs> you did not have Vernon, you had Chris Smith on the end a lot, mm-hmm. didn't even have Chad Thomas in today, you had uh, uh, Trevon Coley yeah. uh, in there next to Ogunjobi, so it was, um, and they still ended up stopping, well, they held the first team offense to a 51-yard field goal, mm-hmm. and then they stopped them on a fourth down mm-hmm. on the second time through, so... You know, even even with that, those backups, they were they were getting the job done. Yeah, it's it's really been something because in the past, and sometimes in the past, you want to try to manipulate the quarterback competition so that you're making the guy that you want to win the job look <laughs> yeah, good against right. a second team defense. Well, there's none of that going on this year. It's Baker, get out there and go against your first team defense and try to throw uh, to your receivers against Greedy and Denzel 
and try, you know, to, to get the ball off quickly with Miles Garrett and, when he's healthy, Olivier Vernon in your face. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really going to help. And the other thing it does do as well, and maybe we'll get into this topic in a podcast later, is maybe it takes the emphasis off of those preseason games a little bit because you're going on practice going one versus one. So now you maybe don't have to worry about getting those starters. Mm-hmm. So many reps during the preseason, they're getting all that work in during practice. And, of course, when they go face the Colts uh, in here in a couple weeks. That's coming up fast, by the it way. It really is. Um, okay, I'm going to pick another topic that we might actually get into as soon as Monday. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of more of a question because Kareem Hunt is back. Mm-hmm. He didn't really he didn't do anything today as, as far as team stuff was concerned. Uh, but he is back. And so... Listen, on Monday, I'm sure we're going to talk a ton about Kareem Hunt because we'll probably get a, you know, a lot more of Kareem Hunt on the field. Mm-hmm. But yep. I'm just curious what each of you are expecting to see when Kareem Hunt does get on the practice field again. Scott? I'm expecting to see things that we saw in OTAs. I'm, uh, him standing out in one-on-one drills, mm-hmm. people having trouble covering him. Um, you know, it's hard to – they really haven't had a lot of great moments uh, running the ball when they've been doing running drill or running periods. Um, they're, you know, Don Terrell Hilliard's broken a couple, but I think you want to see Kareem Hunt be someone who does that as well, who, who kind of uses his quickness to get outside or juke somebody. Just the things that only he can do, that's what you want to see him do. And I, you know, I have to wonder, this had to be a pretty significant groin injury uh, for him to be out as long as he's been out at the start of camp here. Uh, so will they ease him into the lineup, or will they just throw him out there into team drills right away? It'll be interesting to see how they handle that, because he's only got until August 31st, and then that's it. He's not practicing with the team, and he does need to learn his blockers. He does need to learn Baker Mayfield. He ne- needs to learn the scheme, and they need to learn him. So you know, he needs to practice as much as he can between now and August 31st, and time's a wasting. Yeah. And I wonder if it's going to be even possible to get him on the field on Thursday night. There's going to be a Monday practice, Tuesday practice, Wednesday's going to be an off day. Um, it's not a regular season game. It's not like he has to be super up to speed. Uh, and you, the guy's been going to meetings. You know, you hope he's been in his playbook and stuff like that. Um, but you know, I do wonder if they're going to be able to maybe get him ready in time to go on Thursday. That's going to be a question for Freddie on Monday. Yeah, of course, definitely. Uh, topic number six, Scott. Let's uh, close it out with tight ends, um, in, in particular tight end uh, coverage by, uh, by the defense. Uh, Farrell Brown had two touchdowns today. Um, David Njoku caught a pass right over Christian Kirksey, and they pretty much, it was from Baker Mayfield, pretty much right down the, the middle, I think it was from about the 10. Um, and then they came back, I think, later in that period, and he basically did the same thing over Schilbert with Farrell Brown. Um, it's not the first time uh, in camp that... that Tight ends have had a big day, and they seem to have had trouble. Over the last three years, the Browns have been really bad in covering tight ends. Like last year, uh, they were they had the second most catches against the Browns. hundred, I think it was a hundred even to catches for opponent tight ends, um, and it's been a trend for the last three years. They're going to have two tight end or two linebackers on the field a lot. They're going to have safeties, three safeties a lot. But it seems like they're still trying to figure out how they're going to deal with tight ends on a, on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's how a guy like Mac Wilson does get on the field. So you can cover tight ends. Mm-hmm. You get a tight end out there that's destroying you on a Sunday afternoon. Maybe Steve Wilkes and Freddie Kitchen say, all right, we need 51 out there, or we need 44, whoever. you know, Or we need a Darius Taylor out there, or somebody right. like that. That's one way to get on the field. And then, of course, 
you know, that four-two-five that has really been a topic of conversation uh, throughout this camp, that's where that safety can come into play because now maybe you can match that safety up a little bit with your tight end if, you know, it's, a, it's another body out there to maybe match up. But, uh, yeah, it, it, camp and practices are always funny because it's sort of how you spin it. You know, on the one hand, the tight end coverage wasn't very good today. On the other hand, Farrell Brown needed a big day and he, he got a big day. So that's, you know, kind of uh, the give and take of, of training camp, I guess. And he's getting an opportunity because Seth Evolve was out with concussion and Demetrius Harris is out with, what is Harris's injury again? I can't remember right at this very moment. I can't. The but list is getting long. He, and he's out too. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Farrell Brown is getting an opportunity and he made the most of it today, uh, which is good because we've seen sometimes in practice where, you know, you have to wonder if he's going to hang on there. So, um, so Demet- that's Demetrius it. Harris is in the concussion protocol. Oh, that's, right. that's what I thought it was. I just didn't want to say that before I actually checked. Okay, yeah. that's four concussions right now. That is yeah. interesting. A couple more. So it's Seth. Demetrius, Darius Taylor. Taylor, and Brian Price yep. all are out with concussions right now. That's a lot of concussions in one preseason in, in training, and through the first, you know, whatever, nine practices of a training camp. But the other thing about tight ends, very briefly, is the fact that with the evolution of offenses and the spread and all that kind of stuff, uh, there are more, more balls going to tight ends because they're open. And so they're going to have to figure this out as we watch defenses try to figure out how to cover all these weapons. Yeah, our bonus topic number seven here, just look at these injuries. And again, you wonder, are we going to see any of these guys on Thursday? Most likely not at this point. You know, they, they've got to probably be back on Monday. Jannard Avery, an ankle, set to valve, concussion, Philip Gaines, neck, uh, Treyon Gray, a calf. Uh, he hasn't practiced yet. Demetrius Harris, concussion, Duke Johnson, the hamstring. Brian Price concussion, Damian Ratley a hamstring. He needs to get back out on the field soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sheldon Richardson the abdomen injury, Adarius Taylor concussion. Chad Thomas still dealing with that illness. He was back on the field yesterday, but not today. Uh, and Tavier Thomas a hamstring, Olivia Vernon a hamstring. So a lot of those injuries. I, that was a long list that I just read for. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are we? A week and a half? Not even yeah. a week and a half in the camp. Yeah. Um, so the Browns certainly dealing with that. And it'll be interesting to see kind of what comes down the road as they get ready to, to play a game. On Thursday, uh, that'll do it for the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, Orange and Brown scrimmage style. For Mary Kate Cabot and Scott, I am Dan. Thanks for listening.